1: Welcome to another episode of the Imperfectly Perfect podcast where each week I'm joined by some of the world's most renowned faces in the entertainment industry, on the sports field, corporate leaders and inspirational thought leaders around the world, each sharing their own truth and personal journeys. Today we're going to mix it up, we're going to do something a little bit different. So today You've got me, myself, and I, Glenn Marsden, the founder of the Imperfectly Perfect campaign. The reason I am going to be mixing it up is because we often get a lot of messages from people not only saying how much the Imperfectly Perfect campaign is impacting, saving lives, and doing incredible things about starting conversations, which is the whole aim with it. But on the flip side, we often get messages about what has it taken to get your message heard to get your voice heard and to take something take a movement to the world so if i can do something and i can jump on here and integrate my my journey so to speak so that anyone out there can be encouraged and know that they can do this as well and make a difference with the god-given talent that they've got which we've all got our voice and make a difference for someone else then so be it so the, where do I really start? And the whole notion behind this really came and kickstarted from a conversation I had last week with chezy and Grant Denyer on their show, it's all true. So when they really delve deep into uncovering what it's actually taken me to build this thing, it blew them away. And it often does blow a lot of people away when they realize just the size or the magnitude of work that goes behind the scenes and that one person was behind it for a long, long time. Now, I often say I lead with humility because I don't know what I don't know. Again, unassuming. I love using that word because initially I didn't know anybody. I didn't know how to do podcasting. I didn't know how to do a lot of social media. I knew how to post like most people do. I didn't know how to do marketing. I didn't know how to do press releases. PR, dealing with talent managers, networking in the scope of getting through to the right people, building relationships with people. But I knew that I had a voice and I knew that I had a way of connecting with people with sincerity because as an industry through fitness, I'd always been a part and I love hearing people's stories. Now, a lot of people know the premise of the IPC and why it started. I sadly lost a friend to suicide and then further still people wanted to know with a relentlessness why it meant so much more to me and then uncovering and finding out that I'd gone through body dysmorphia myself, which I openly speak about. And that opens a kind of worms in itself when people wanna know and understand body dysmorphia. That went dark and it went deep and there's earlier podcasts where I do address this and I go on a lot more shows and I talk about it. Because it's something, especially in the industry that I was in, it was very prevalent and a lot of people don't speak about it. So do reach out and do send us messages if you want to find out more information, because I can certainly send more resources information, I can send you to podcast episodes where we do address certain topics, as you will see from an external. Imperfectly perfect. Is absolutely incredible and it's something very very grateful for for the reach for the exposure to make a difference to get these conversations started 365 days a year you will see the celebrities you'll see public figures from every single industry every demographic to touch the lives of all different kinds of people wherever they are in the world you'll also see the publications and the network coverage all of which i am very very grateful for on the flip side a lot of people like what the whole notion talks about with IPC is you see the grandeur, you see the external, but the internal, you don't have to see what it takes. And I know in the past, people have diminished the amount of work that it's actually taken me to do things. And there's an old saying where it's like, when things look that easy, you've got to realize it took somebody a whole long time to master their craft or whatever it is with photography or, getting to know people and building relationships it takes a long time to make something look that easy and when i've had people diminish that and make out like they're doing a lot more work or that they're or what they do is something of grandeur or they're more qualified it just to me it doesn't sit well because i always believe that you live with humility and that you can be humbled in things and if people haven't achieved the level of exposure that, say, for example, the Imperfectly Perfect campaign has, then I've certainly done something right. It's certainly been pushed in the right direction because I've led by humility. And that's what I want to do with this podcast. I'm going to do them every so often between some of the inspirational stories that here, hear, but if I can give some encouragement to somebody who, again, like me, may feel unassuming that they do question themselves or their abilities, I wanna pour into you, you right there, who might be listening and thinking, I wanna do something, but I don't know the how. So I'm gonna talk about it, but I'm not only gonna be talking about how I stepped forward and did it. I'm gonna talk about what it truly takes behind the scenes. Because when I open that conversation, people will understand what is required or what is needed when you are gonna step out on your own and do something. Because as I say, I'm very grateful for where it's gone. I'm also grateful to become the person that these days and that wouldn't have come without a lot of no's, a lot of trials, tribulations, a lot of roadblocks, a lot of setbacks, a lot of manipulation, a lot of being used um, to the point where I could have quit so many times and I kept on walking forward because the purpose was far bigger than my ego getting bruised. And I didn't know what I didn't know. And luckily throughout all the wrong people that came along my journey, There was the right people that supported me that believed in my mission and it kept on growing. And ultimately I'll say the biggest supporter was God. Now, when people hear me talk about God, I always have to stipulate that I wasn't brought up around church. I don't go to church, probably being for a Christian. I wasn't brought up around religion. I will never be religious. I wasn't up around spirituality, but I suppose where my journey began was personal development. When you realize that there's got to be something more than this rat race that we all seem a part of, that we've been indoctrinated into a system, societal pressures of, we need this, media manipulation, like this is the job that you need, and this, this, you need to earn X amount of money. It really takes away the whole idea of true happiness because we're chasing something that we're being told that we need to have. So I suppose when I felt, I don't know how did i feel i just felt a disconnection from everything i started going down the route of personal development that led into opening my mind and just experimenting with more spiritual things and connecting with people who were of spiritual nature because a lot more were being attracted to me and then there was been telling me and should i say they were telling me that this was being led and of course unassuming i was like what the bloody hell does that mean who's leading it yes i'm working hard and then there were gurus that came to me, people of faith that came to me, shamans that came to me. Glenn, this has been led. What do you mean this has been led? And I was also told by two very spiritual ladies who have become dear friends of over four years now. The campaign's been going four years. I met them through Jeremy Jackson, who again was a spiritual connection, Eden Sassoon, Justin Gabrini. They all went on a podcast. There was an energetic frequency when they started talking about Imperfectly Perfect campaign. That's how it blew up in America. But these two ladies are like long-term family friends and they poured into me. And they were telling me things that I never knew that my friend who had sadly passed was behind this and that there was more people behind this and it was being led by a righteous heart. And of course, when you're not around this, you're just like, oh, okay, whatever. (laughs) And you keep walking forward. But I suppose as everything evolved and grew, I was getting told it more and more and more. And there was a lot more people of faith coming towards me who were very in tune with getting downloads. And I was like questioning everything, going, how do I get these downloads? How do I tap in? So I started doing a lot more meditation. I started trying to work out this energy, this frequency that we need to be on. And don't get me wrong, people talk about physical work being hard, mental work being hard, emotional work being hard. Spiritual work is bloody hard. There are so many tests. There are so many trials. There are so many tribulations. You just don't know whether you're coming or going, whether you're getting it. You go into your logic too many times. You question things. Did I hear that? Did I see that? Did things happen? So I suppose through breathwork meditation, which I learned through Jeremy Jackson, um, put us through a great session and then a lot more meditation and opening my mind it's funny because a lot more things started becoming apparently clear to me. There were a lot more clarity and again, a lot more people coming towards me. So I embraced it and started finding out that there's more to this world than meets the eye. And then suddenly doors were open to like Dr. Joe Spencer within a week coming on the podcast, um, Les Brown, uh, Wim Hof. And they were all saying this very similar notion thing to me. Once you know, Glenn, you know, and like I often do, 35, 40, 45-minute podcasts and often speak to the guests after because I I build a relationship with them. And there was a lot of things that were being confirmed to me. So after the podcast, I would be talking about several instances that were happening with me, what was happening, and they'd be pouring more into me and saying, yeah, this has been led Glenn. You're on the right track. And what that means is because when everyone was saying, once you know, you know, I was like. Oh, the bloody hell are they all talking about? What don't I know? So, if you go and you listen to a couple of those episodes with Dr. Jody Spencer, Wim off they're all like, Once you know, you know, and then they start talking openly about God. And again, that's a whole other thing. When we suddenly start mentioning God, and I'm very transparent here, there was the fear that crossed my mind going, Oh, people are going to think he's religious now, he's talking about God all the time. And I thought, You know what? I've come too far whether you call it entrepreneurship, whether you call it personal development, spirituality, I've come too far to care what people think in terms of me falling into a place of fear because I've found a personal relationship with who I say God. If God is leaving this, um, if God is leading this and is opening doors, then I'm gonna give him the glory. And I suppose that's what I've done to this day. Four years, it's continued. Doors have continuously been opened, we I'm thankful for. Because ultimately, those of you who are listening to this podcast are getting the help or you're getting to hear a story or a piece of encouragement that can be poured in through my words to you to go and do something yourself or merely seek help and know that you're not alone. But I'm going to come to the struggles. I'm going to come to the sacrifices, because if there's anyone who wants to walk this journey, let me tell you, it ain't for the faint hearted. It's one of the most rewarding things. But it is one of the hardest things now grant pulled it out of me on the podcast and he was like what do you mean when you when you talk about you've been used or manipulated or anything like this so this has been one of my hardest things and it's always been a trigger point and it's something that i was actually working with somebody on and it was about being used and manipulated and people looking through glenn over glenn and around glenn and it's something that i worked on for quite some time because you don't want really to become in a place of being cynical or frustrated because the whole idea is you're wanting to help people and be of service to people. But when people come to you and it's almost like they can see your platform, they can see you associated with a lot of profiles, they can see the platforms getting bigger and bigger with publicity. And then it's a sense of they're dictating things to you and you'll do things on their time. and. They'll collaborate with you and organizations. They just want to utilize the platform to get eyes on them. And for me, it was a sense that was getting really hard at stages. And I was like, I just don't understand this. I was like, when you're putting good out into the world, I thought you were supposed to be rewarding in terms of people see how good you're doing and they want to help you not try and take from you or jump on you to get what they can. Now, again, that's having the discernment and learning along the path. If you just look at it as a test and go, you need to learn this to strengthen that backbone. And I actually was told and confirmed that the reason I was going through that was because the people that I was speaking to and also helping, which are the public figures, deal with this consistently. They don't know who's real, why people want to get attached to them. They've worked hard behind the scenes and they've been used and they've been manipulated. And I was like, "Oh my God!" I didn't even think about it like that. It was just getting really, really hard. On the flip side, people don't realize how much it costs to run things at times. And there'd be pretty much there'd be the hosting of the website, there'd be the events, there'd be the summits, then there'd be the marketing, there'd be all this. And not once did I. Um, put money in terms of advertising or sponsors and things like that, because I didn't have the resources. I've got a mortgage. I've got a family. I jumped on construction when I was doing all this. People knew the aspect of me in fitness. When I jumped on this and I speak openly about it, I was doing 12 hours a day, six, sometimes seven days a week, 4am in the morning, getting up, going to the gym because that's my mental clarity, listening to podcasts, Getting on site at 6 a.m., finishing at 6 p.m., standing holding a bloody hose for 12 hours a day, sometimes for three months. It gave me a lot of clarity, put it that way. Getting home, spending a bit of time with my wife and kids and staying up till 12 midnight, maybe 1 a.m., putting everything that I was learning into practice. So when people say or think there was a huge organization behind this, for over two years, there wasn't, there was me working all around the clock so i don't want anyone to say that men can't multitask because i was bloody multitasking (laughs) but people say why didn't you burn out and i suppose it's because i was in the flow this passion that i had to do something i was just loving it i was learning i was learning yes i was tired working in construction that many hours but you got to do what you got to do and i suppose i can see now that was setting me up to learn clarity to learn patience um But then people will say, well, it blew up and it went here, here, and here really quick. The amount of work that was going behind the scenes, building relationships, reaching out to people. And if you listen to Grant's podcast and Ches's podcast and Heather Maltman's, they'd be like, you are relentless. I'm like, yeah, because I had a mission. I'd follow up with people, I'd do my due diligence. I'd make sure that people were aligned with the message that we was doing. I'd constantly be on top of people saying, can you do this date, can you do this date? And you gotta be if you've got a mission placed on your heart i always say you can't dill dally about that's that's an old english saying but you just got to get to it and get on top of it i was as i say multitasking because i've got nine social media platforms that I was making sure they were all integrated so when i post every single thing went through and people were like why don't you concentrate on one i'm like i've got a mission to get out to a lot of people how am i going to do that if i concentrate on one social media platform and then look, when I alg- go I can't speak, algorithms change, then people suddenly go, oh, I need to get on this. I need to move on to the next platform. And I was already across all the platforms. I was building a, a database of collecting those emails from people that was building into the community through resources, through virtual events that I was putting on for free, introducing people to celebrities, the magazine, um, everything. And people wanted to know how I did that. And I essentially said, I used a platform where you could get 2000 free contacts in there. And then I got 10 accounts. So each time I was getting people into the community, I was putting those emails into there and then having to take the CSV files, make a new account to put more on, to keep in touch with people. Do you know how hard that was? Very hard. Then I was learning how to do press releases. Thankfully, Karen Ledbury and Jacinta stein really helped me with that one and said, if you need any help. And I did. I asked them for help. How do you create a press release to make people take notice? And then I started evolving it, then started international, looked at how they did press releases and then building relationships, networking the right way. So networking when it comes to public figures is, as I said, I went through an experience being manipulated, being used a lot of the times. and just thought what it must feel like for people who are actually in the public eye. And when I was reaching out, it was sincerity. It was my voice saying why I was doing what I was doing. We'd connect, we'd get to know each other. Then they'd come on the podcast. I'd make sure that each podcast was listened to them because I wanted to make sure that they was okay with everything. Um, I'm not here for show and tell. I'm here for making sure that first and foremost, whatever they're saying goes out and they're happy with it. Um, And then came the summits, then came the events, and then there came the collaborations. But through that, by any means, it looks like it's all gone in a straight line. But I've had people along those journeys that have come along, get involved and said that they're helping. And then the next minute when something doesn't go their way, they'll suddenly pull away and then you'll not hear from them again. And they were that huge advocates towards it that they suddenly just don't post even a thing or it, it, it's strange how it happens. But you've got to learn on this journey that people come in your life for a reason, season, lifetime. And that sounds a cliche saying because you might have heard it before, but I found it to be true. And none of us are perfect on this walk, but I'll tell you something, if you lead by humility and you keep on walking this journey, then you're gonna go far. So if that's a piece of encouragement for somebody to listen and to listen to parts of my story when I pop on here, just to know that, you know what, if you've got something that's placed on your heart, but you don't know how to get started, then just start. Get a piece of paper out, write down what your mission is that's been placed on your heart. Think about the people that you know, think about the people that can help you. I'm not here to say family and friends will help you do that because I put it out and for a long time. It was strangers that started believing in what I was doing and then there was getting the support apparel. So I had to learn to monetize things. So I got some support apparel going and people were coming at me. Is this a charity? Is it a non for profit Are you setting up this? Are you doing this? Are you doing this? And I was like, whoa, 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 back off. It's an awareness campaign at the minute. Like, I've never done anything like this. And like I, I, I spoke about the other week, I went on a program and the lady was like, well, what now? What are you going to do now? Are you going to do another campaign? So people were already finishing it before it had started. I even had another friend at the time who said, so how many faces can you really take a photo of? Because those people who were just coming into it now, the whole premise started, as you can see on the video in the background, or you can look on the website. It was started as visual mediums to represent a lot of people what they looked like when they were going through or back to a place in that time that they were really struggling. Um, and yeah, I had people say, well, how many faces can you photograph? Like, when is it going to stop? There were people close to me who said, where have you got this resilience from? Well, like, You didn't get it from us so what? and i was like wow so you see it's behind the scenes there has been a lot of mocking a lot of judgment there'd be producers there'd be these people going you'll never get in touch with those i had people that i thought i'd made a great friendship with who then when they got what they wanted seemed to disappear and i got as I have to say, smoke blown up my arse when people were telling me this is amazing. We want to help you do this, this and this and this. And after a couple of weeks, still not hearing, I'd be like, oh, like, I know that you said you believed in this. Would you help? Just keep doing it your way, Glenn, because you're doing fine. And I was like, "Okay." And then there was people that were wanting me to direct all my images towards their organization and there was people wanting me to literally showcase what they're doing on the platform as it started getting bigger and look i'm very grateful that people were noticing the ipc and what it had done but behind the scenes it was one guy and i looked at setting up a non-for-profit and i actually saw behind the scenes of some things that i didn't particularly agree with and I didn't want to touch the government. I don't want to have to adhere to policies, logistics, whatever they're saying, if you don't agree, if you don't do something that they want you to put you out, I suppose they can pull your funding, looking into grants, again, that they've got their hand on. And I've got nothing against the government, but again, I wanted this to be fresh, I wanted it to be new, I wanted it to be grassroots. But then what tends to happen with grassroots things, is that they find it hard to be sustainable unless they get the backing. And I suppose that was one of the journeys I was willing to take because I often said, and only a few people knew this, which was then confirmed by a man of God, which was very funny when he said it to me. I often joked and I said, I, would, I truly want to be like Robin Hood. He's like, What do you mean? I said, Well, I want to take from, I want to provide a service. I want to take from the organizations that turn over profit. And I want to give to the people, or I want to at least help the people that really can't. And as I have told people before, I once came across, I'll say, serendipitously, a young girl in the UK on TikTok, who was crying, who missed her mental health appointment by 10 minutes because she missed the bus. When she got to that appointment, they told her she'd have to rebook for two months time because the doctor now didn't have the time. Now that was the UK. I don't know how it works over there, but I was disturbed by it. This young girl who was obviously struggling got turned away from seeing somebody who couldn't have seen her for like, maybe what, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, just to reassure her and give her some encouragement. And I just thought, wow, what are we doing? Like, if I can create awareness whereby everyone can just have open conversations, as in, if someone is struggling and you're not educated how to deal, at least we can bring resources where people can educate you to merely listen and just be there for somebody and then have a point of call where you know to go there are enough incredible organizations out there that are being funded by governments that are doing incredible things but equally i didn't want to be someone that had to adhere to what other people were telling me to do in fear of them taking funds away did that make it harder has it made it harder Yes, of course it has. And along that way, there's been a lot of organizations that come along and say, we would love to collaborate with you. And as I say, when you learn how to get stronger and use your voice, of course, organizations are gonna want to get involved with something that's clearly got a platform full of public figures, full of reach. It can draw a lot of attention to them. But when they are not willing to contribute, or even get some apparel for their employees, it shows me that their advocacy is not truly there. When people come to the same old thing, where it's like, we would love to pour into you, but you're not a non for profit so it means that we don't get tax rebate or whatever they wanna call it back, they're thinking of the bottom line. They're not thinking about how much impact the IPC has actually had, how much it could truly make if somebody with a lot of money decided to go, you know what, we believe in this, we to help this thing. If one man with the help of God can bring together collectively a lot of people to make one significant change that has gone around the world to have these conversations more than a lot of organizations have been able to do, then imagine what it can do with the backing of an incredible organization or an angel investor that wants to help. Now, I'm always going to put it out because you never know where these ripple effects go. And if God puts you in front of somebody who hasn't come across the IPC before and wants to look further into it, then do look into Imperfectly Perfect Campaign org. And I'm going to say it openly on the podcast because this is doing incredible things. It's opening conversations that haven't been had before. And I'm always going to lead by being transparent and talking about the struggles behind and which paths you decide to take. And if you've got a mission that's placed on your heart and you wanna go the hard route and you wanna do it grassroots and organically, you've gotta be ready for long haul struggles of it. Maybe if you wanna go down the route of grants and you wanna partner with people, then so be it. It might be a little bit easy, but maybe you have to do the things the way that other people tell you to do them which again is great. But simultaneously, all the way through this, I've always either jumped in construction or I started mentoring. So a lot of people wanted to know how I built it. A lot of people wanted to know how I learned marketing, PR. I'm fortunate to get asked to go and speak. So I started doing that on the self. Simultaneously, I did photography because it's a passion. I always did that on the side. So I've never stopped working whilst I do IPC. And it's one thing that I'm very transparent. If people wanna come along and they wanna help it, they have to know that it's from a love of wanting to make a true difference with this until the day comes when that organization or that person truly pours into it so we, we <laughs> can take this to the next level. And there were some people and they've said it like, you're crazy, you've been doing this for four years. Yeah, I've made it sustainable and monetized it so that it all pays for itself so it can help people. However, I'm going to keep on doing me until that day comes. Because for me, what I've learned through this campaign is fame don't make you happy, money don't make you happy. Yeah, you can make things easier for you, but are you gonna falter on your integrity or your morals just for the fact of doing things and then being told what you have to do? Or are you gonna keep on walking this journey just having full faith that that time is literally gonna come where there's no strings attached, where you can further your mission and further that passion and keep on going. Now, there might be some people thinking, you truly are crazy to keep on going. But then I'd ask why. Because for me, when you can make a difference in someone else's life, you know what? (laughs) And I'll say, because I keep on saying it. I said it the other week. I actually lost another friend the other week and I was at the funeral and it was one of the hardest things I've ever been to, watching your mate get carried out in the casket. One thing I took from it when I was listening was that he made time for every single person. Even if he'd not spoke for ages, he would reach out to see how they were. He did it with me and my family. I heard from one of our other friends that he'd not heard from me for about three weeks, but he'd moved places. And our friend literally turned up on his doorstep with a present. It was a bedside table, totally random, but that was just him. And it just made me realize further to the campaign, we look at things so wrong when everything's about memories, everything's about friendships, everything's about experiences. And yet, because we've been indoctrinated into a lot of things, we look at success, we look at fame, we look at money thinking it's gonna lead to happiness. I can tell you now, being in front of some of the most successful people in the world, whether that be money, whether it be fame, whatever, so many of them have openly spoken about in their stories it doesn't make you happy happiness comes from within and i don't want to sound like i'm preaching guys but uh i thought i'd jump on and, and, and just say from my experiences what i'm learning through this campaign i'm going to do it very sporadically like i said because i'm going to share my journey when it comes i'm going to talk about the trials and tribulations what i'm up against what i'm doing because if it helps somebody who wants to do the same thing then so be it you can learn you can take what you need from it but when it comes to thinking that fame's going to make you happy or wealth's going to make you happy man some of the stories like those who are listening to this podcast have probably listened to a lot but also from that i want to point out this whole notion a lot of the times when it comes to employment and there used to be i'm not sure at the moment whether it is because different countries whether there's a box that stipulates whether you have or you do suffer with mental illness And I want to show with the IPC that these are some of the world's most successful people openly sharing that they've struggled, they've been to the depth of their despair, and they've climbed the way out of it, and they're some of the most successful people in the world. So that box is irrelevant. Yes, I understand people for insurance policies and all that kind of stuff with organizations. That's what they say. We need to make sure that they can do the job, this, that, and the other. But if you've been through something, and you've got through the other side, when it comes to your mental health, you're more than capable of incredible things look at the campaign and I suppose when a lot of public figures do openly speak and share that it normalizes it so again I always say that question kind of is redundant because you will see a lot of CEOs you will see a lot of influential people as in their profession who will turn up to some of these events with the most prolific names in the world in terms of corporate and they will be cheering the loudest for them And they'll openly share their vulnerability and say that they struggle mentally and yet they're still cheering. So why in their organizations, when they come home, do they have that as a checkbox? Same thing, same thing. You can't cheer that person because they're on a pedestal or that you've put them into this this. Superior box because they've achieved a lot of good things, but yet they've just openly spoken about their struggles and you're still cheering. But yeah, you're looking at somebody who may be an employee who might be going to do the same thing. So I'd be expecting you to cheer for them as well. So this is going to be one episode, just a quick thirty-minute episode of obviously what I've learned so far. In it, I'm going to talk about more things that I've learned, some incredible stories that I've learned and I've taken away from some trials, some. Tri- some tests some tribulations um and anything that you guys want to know so equally every single week you're going to hear from an inspirational public figure um and sporadically like i say you're going to hear from me so drop some notes drop some comments drop us some messages so if you want to know specific things and if you're wanting to take something to the world if you are wanting to make a difference where you are then let us know until next time, guys, keep having the hard conversations because it's a hard conversations that saves lives.
0: To find out more about the Imperfectly Perfect Campaign and how you can get involved, simply head to our official website at imperfectlyperfectcampaign.org or email us today at info at to speak to one of the team. The Imperfectly Perfect campaign is creating awareness and is not a substitute for professional advice. Should you need help, please refer to your nearest crisis number.